Well, it's so good to be here with you, Echo Church. For all of you here at our North San Jose campus and those of you joining online, man, we're honored to be here with all of you. Uh, my name is Tim. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, uh, I was formerly the Sunnyvale campus pastor here at Echo, and just recently I've had the opportunity to move here to be a part of this team at the North San Jose campus. I'm working with our Alpha ministry across locations and also with our church online. And man, God is doing some incredible things at Echo and all of these ministries, and it's been such an honor to be a part of it. And let me tell you, Church Online, there are a lot that is going on and even opportunities that are coming up. In light of all the fears that are happening around the virus that's spreading, we have an incredible opportunity to minister to people who would probably not step in through the foot of a church because of the seasons that we're in right now. But it's an opportunity for us to minister with people through all kinds of different digital platforms. And we're seeing the message and what God is doing here at Echo to be able to spread in so many ways. And I want you to know that as a church, uh, we're taking every precaution to make this a safe place. And we'll follow every measure that we can in order for us to be able to keep on gathering. But we have a great space also online that's able to make a difference in the lives of people. And in fact, I'll give a quick plug for myself. If you want to be a part of helping curate these environments for people and making a difference, not just in our valley, but even around the world, we have people who watch us everywhere, uh, you can join our team. And we have a little link that's posted up right here. You can go to echo.church forward slash online team. And uh, you can be a part of helping create and craft this experience for people who are watching all over the place. All right, now we're going to jump in. So today is not going to be your typical 35-minute three-point message, and everybody's sigh of relief right now. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different, because our hope in this time today is really that you'll be able to take something away in the reflection afterwards. And we're going to have a few different moments uh, that have been specifically designed with you in mind for you to be able to really focus in on what God wants to speak to you in this season of your life. And so I'm going to be speaking for a little bit of a shorter time and really more from the heart and not trying to come across with anything specific with three points, but really for you to have something that you can reflect on and what God wants to speak to you in this season. And really we're saying this is more of a devotion than it is a message. And so if you're new to church or if you've heard this lingo before, when we talk about a devotion, when Christians use the word devotions, it really means our personal time of connecting with God. And that looks a little bit different for every person, right? Every, everybody has their own routine and the things that they do uh, to connect in their relationship with God. And so there's a few things I actually want to share with you uh, that I do and what my devotions look like typically. So usually I will read my Bible. I'll have a time of prayer. I feel like those are the places that God most uses to speak to us. Uh, I've been journaling more recently, so that my journal is a big part of the things that I do in my devotions. Uh, sometimes I'll actually read a book. It's helpful to gain perspective, even from another person, to see about to speak into something that I'm facing today. Uh, sometimes I'll listen to some music, some worship music. We have an incredible band here that leads us to that. But one thing I never go without, and it's probably the most spiritual aspect of what I do in my mornings, is I have to make coffee. So if you guys don't mind, it is daylight savings after all. Some of you already have your coffee in hand, so I'm going to make myself a cup. And I know for a fact that my wife likes me better when I drink a cup of coffee. Uh, and I think it's the same is true with my relationship with God. I'm more alert. I'm more focused. 
and I'm able to get to that place that God wants me to be in a little bit quicker. Uh, so that's one key important part of my devotion. Uh, and another thing more recently that I've actually been doing, and this is something that I learned from our campus pastor here, Pastor Felipe, and he taught us this about a year ago with our staff about this, uh, this idea of using a candle to light in the beginning of our time. And the candle is actually very symbolic. The candle is representing the presence of God being here with us today. And it's not like the presence of God leaves us the moment I blow out the candle. But when I'm trying to take my time to study and to invite God into my life and my heart and my reflections, it is helpful to have a physical representation to look at, to be reminded that he is here today. Uh, That this flame can show us that Jesus came to be a light to this world. That there is this all-consuming passion and love that God has for every single person in this room. And there is a spirit of power that wants to move in and through our lives. And so I I love having this image in front of me to, to remind me that he is here today. And so as we begin, let me pray for us and let's invite God uh, to draw near and to speak to us. God, I thank you today because you are here in your presence. And God, we know that when you feel distant, uh, it's not you who stepped away, but God, we, we are the ones who are in need to draw closer. And so we invite you today, we tune ourselves to the things that you want to speak to our lives and to our hearts. We invite you in this place today in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty. So as I begin today in our time of devotion, I want to share with you a passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ah, it's a great start. And I want to ask you uh, two questions to reflect on in this time. The first one is, what do you notice about God in this passage? And the second one is, what is it revealing about you or the season of life that you're in? So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it starts, uh, it's, it was written actually about a thousand years before Jesus came. And King Solomon says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. There's a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones, a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time like this time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. There's a time to mend and there's a time to tear, a time to be silent and a time to speak. There's a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And then in verse 9, and what do workers gain from their toil? For I have seen the burden that God has laid on the human race, and he has made everything beautiful in its time. There's a season for all things. And when you see him making this list of all these things that happen, it just seems like, well, that's life. There's good and there's bad. Uh, There's mourning and there's rejoicing. There's embracing and there's refraining from embracing. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away. And that's just the way life goes. But then he says something that changes everything about this setup. And he says, God made all of it, everything beautiful in its season. There's a purpose for all things that is beautiful 
in its time. Now, today is daylight savings. We're at this hinge point between winter and coming into the spring. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, that season between right after Christmas till daylight savings is the most miserable season of the entire year. There's nothing really much to look forward to season-wise. It's cold, it's wet, everything looks dead, and it's dark most of the time. And now that we're at daylight savings, we're coming out of the darkness of winter and into the light and hopefully more light of spring and the warmth of it. I'm ready for spring. And when you look at every season of the year, it does seem like there's, there's some significance and meaning behind every season, right? Uh, the spring, it brings newness. There's new life. You see the flowers that blossom. It is beautiful. It gets warmer. Uh, in the summer, you get all of the fruitfulness. There's the warmth for a lot of us. Summer is a season of rest. In the fall, you have the season of harvest where you get to reap the fruits of your labor and, and, and bring in all the fruitfulness. And then there's winter. And to me, it bears to ask the question, what good does winter bring? Now, if you'll bear with me for just a moment, I want to share kind of a personal story. Because this last year in 2019, uh, I went through a personal season of winter. And I had pressures coming at me uh, from all sides in multiple directions. And it, it got to me pretty hard. And I don't know about you all, but I, I feel like when pressures get high, uh, it brings out often the worst things out of me. That when there's high pressure, it leads towards insecurity, stepping out. For some people, it'll lead towards bad temper and anger. It, for some people, it'll lead towards laziness and others to, towards workaholism. For some people, it leads to pride and to others towards a place of despair. And I got to a real genuine place of insecurity. And I wrestled with it more with insecurity at that time than ever in my life. And it was at the crux, at the pinnacle of that pressure, those insecurities I was feeling, that I actually had a revelation from God. And I know it could sound weird to say something like this if you're new to this kind of environment, but I genuinely believe that there are things that God showed me about my life at that time that I had never known or understood before. And I believe it came from Him sincerely. And every time God reveals something to us about ourselves, it's always going to be for the better. Right? It's always going to be for our good. Whenever God wants to speak to you, it's always, it's always for the better. But sometimes what's best for you also hurts. And let me tell you, it really hurts that time. And the thing that God had placed and revealed to me in that season was that I had placed a lot of my worth and my value in my role here in the church as a campus pastor at our Sunnyvale location. I saw a lot of the value that I brought, my worth, even in my relationship with God, I saw my worth directly tied to what I did. And it was very clear that in all this, God was asking me to step away from that position. At the crux of the pressures of everything I was feeling, he was going to pull me away from one of the things that was dearest to me, where I saw all of my worth and all of my value. And I remember so clearly the day that I had the phone call with our lead pastor, Andy, to let him know that I felt called, in this to, called to make this decision, and hanging up the phone and feeling like my heart had been ripped off of my chest, like a limb had been severed off. It was agony. 
and I was already feeling like it was winter and this felt like it was death. And it was a real struggle. And I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you this to get any type of sympathy because believe me, I've already gotten plenty of it and I'm feeling great now. But I'm telling you this because I am positive there are many of you here today or watching us at our online services and you've placed your identity in something that is far less than what God desires for you. That your worth and your identity is far more than what you produce and what you do. And for me, I placed my identity in a ministry position as a pastor, which a lot of people would say is actually very honorable. And yet, it completely falls short of what God desires for me. And there's somebody here at the North San Jose campus or watching online, you've placed your identity in a relationship that's on shaky ground. Uh, or maybe you're on a career path that is not turning out the way that you thought it would. Or maybe it's you've placed your security and all the wealth and the things you've been able to accumulate over the years just to find out that it's not quite bringing the satisfaction that you thought that it would. And I wonder today, what is it that God is trying to show you in light of your season? What is he allowing you to notice in your life? What is he showing you about himself? How is he present in this and in your season? What season are you in today? Are you in the summer where you're seeing the fruitfulness and the goodness that is coming? Are you in the spring seasons of new beginnings? Are you in the fall where things are changing but you're reaping the benefits of the harvest? Or is this a winter time for you? Uh, a friend of mine a couple months ago taught me uh, about the significance of winter in the vineyards where they grow grapes to make wine. And she taught us uh, that winter is a season of pruning where they cut back the branches all the way. And it's also a season for rest. There's a lot less going on during that time. They're cutting things back and they're preparing for the spring, the summer, and the fall to come. And she actually said this. She said, you actually don't have the fruitfulness of the summer and the harvest of the fall without the pruning and the rest of the winter. That actually cutting of branches is completely necessary for long-term fruitfulness. There's this requirement for the energy to be preserved and the branches to be cut down in order for them to be able to push out and create greater fruit in coming years. And Jesus used that exact analogy, actually, when he was talking to his disciples in John chapter 15. He said this, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, and while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He's saying that God is like a gardener in a vineyard who cares for each of his vines. And he goes to each of them, and even those that bear fruit, he prunes back for greater health and for long-term fruitfulness. And it hurts. But we have to trust that it is for the better fruitfulness of our future. But the one key part in that passage of what he says is that you must remain in him. See, that fruitfulness after the season of pruning only comes if we remain connected to him. And so God today is allowing you to notice something about your life 
that in whatever season you face yourself in, that he wants to be present and near to you. And that as you remain closer in whatever season you're in, if this is a season of pruning, there will be greater fruitfulness in the future. And he is with you in your breakup. He's with you in your work transition. That he is with you in your sickness and he's with you in your grief. That he is present in all of it. And that there is actually a purpose and there's a great beauty that's available in all of it, all in its time. But that fruitfulness only comes as we remain in him. And so the invitation for our service today, as we continue, and we're going to have an opportunity to worship in a moment, the invitation for us is to draw close to him, to remain in him. King Solomon continues in that passage in Ecclesiastes. In verse 11, he says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men, and no one can fathom what he has done from beginning to end. He's saying nobody can understand the whole plan and everything that happens from beginning to end and all those seasons, the good and the bad. None of us fully understand the why in all of them. But he says something that we do know is that God has placed eternity in the human heart. I I heard a pastor one time saying it this way, that of all of the human abilities, the ability to desire is the only one that is unlimited. There's this void inside of us that will always, always desire for more. And the only thing that can fill an eternal chasm inside of us is the one who is himself eternal. And so today, God has placed in you this eternal desire that can only be filled by a God who is eternal. And he's inviting you to take a step closer to him. You see, your identity is not defined by what you do or what you produce. Your identity is defined by your relationship to God. There is so much more that he wants for you than the things that you've placed your worth in. That he sent his own son, Jesus, to take the punishment for us, to take the punishment of death, which is the consequence for our mistakes. He took it upon himself so that we could be forgiven. That is the worth and the value that he sees in you that you've been called a son and a daughter of the God Most High, and that your identity in Him is what comes above all things. That when you place your trust, your value, your worth in things that are temporary, that they will eventually let you down. And when God calls you to let go of them, there's going to be some healing to do, but He's inviting you to that space to depend on Him and find your place and identity in Him. And today, some of you need to embrace the identity that God is calling you in him. That he's doing some pruning, that he's bringing you through a season of rest, that there's a winter time in you right now that he's trying to create a new work in. And so our our band is going to lead us into a new song of worship in just a moment as we're going to get an opportunity to reflect and to take some next steps. And we're going to have different opportunities to respond in this. Uh, We have communion stations around our room up in the mezzanine as well for you. And communion really is an act of remembrance. It's how we can remember the sacrifice that was paid on our behalf. And it is so good for us to keep it close to our hearts and remember that he is worthy and that we are broken and that the price has been paid and that's what communion does. 
And it's something for those of us who are followers of Jesus. And if you're new to this, we just want to invite you to just observe and to look. And just so you know, it's all prepackaged and safe for everybody in this room as well. And we also have a prayer team that's here today. They're going to be come forward in the front of our auditorium. And some of you need somebody to intercede, to pray on your behalf. Uh, there are things that won't come true in your life uh, unless you choose to ask God to intervene in your life. And there's something that is really unique where God has specifically chosen to use his people to make his promises a reality. And there are promises that God has for you that have yet to be fulfilled. And maybe there's a tug in your heart right now where you're feeling God is asking you to step forward. And I don't want you to miss out on this chance to do so. And we have this amazing team that is ready to pray for you if you would just step forward in this time in the next song. Uh, for some of you, maybe it's the step to go public with your faith. And we have the pool set up for you to be baptized. And there's incredible, incredible image that we get to witness through this act of baptism as we go under the waters, symbolizing a life that is dying and raising up to a new life in Christ. We get to partake in the same thing that Jesus did as he died on the cross and rose to new life on the third day. We get to be representations of that through baptism. So if you want to take that step, we're ready for you. We have clothes for you and everything that you need to be able to take this step for us, with us today. And then after this song, we're also going to get a chance to pray together for the people that God has placed in our spheres of influence. You know, God has chosen to use his people to make a difference in others. And there's a great joy and privilege to be used by God. And so there are people that he has placed on your life, that he has placed on your mind and on your heart. And we want to invite you in this time to also think through and reflect on who are those people that God wants you to specifically invest in. And so after communion, we'll have a chance for you to come forward again and participate to write their names down so we can be praying for them together today. So there's an invitation, there's a reflection, there's a step forward. There's a yes that God is inviting you into today. And as a song, the band sings this new song to us, it says, it's called Seasons Change. And it says that as all the seasons change, that his love still remains. But today, God is here and he is present. That he came to be light to this world. That there is an all-consuming love and passion that he has for all of humankind. And that today, the spirit of the living God is here. That he wants to empower you. That he wants to break the chains that have been taking you down. And as you surrender to him, you will find freedom. So what is it that God is allowing you to notice today? What is it, the thing that he's revealing about your life? What's the step that he's inviting you to and surrender and drawing closer to him? Let me pray for us. God, we thank you today because you are present. You are here and you are speaking. And so God, we want to be responsive to the things that you want to say to us. So God, allow us to step forward with boldness into this new life to the steps you've already laid out for us. And God, we just want to, we want to be attentive to you in every step of our lives. So God, thank you for your love that still remains in every season through the good and the bad, that you are present, that you understand, and that you show love. And we thank you, God, for this gift today of being here together to worship, to sing, and to remember what Christ has done. In Jesus' name, amen.